Welcome to the Excellence in Enterprise podcast, where I reach out to people I do not know, engage with friends, all for the purpose of learning about them, learning about what they care about, why they care about what they're doing, what they're engaged with from across multiple different industries and multiple different vantage points and viewpoints, all for the purpose of increasing my personal knowledge and kind of thinking outside the box when it comes to my work, my professional career. I want to draw from those sources and I thought you might be interested in hearing as well. So I hope you will join me on this journey. You can find me on YouTube, on Spotify, on Instagram, and on Twitter. Feel free to reach out anytime. I'd love to engage with you. And I hope you enjoy this podcast interview um, engagement journey with me. Well, welcome uh, back. Episode number four with Marissa Baker. Marissa and I actually met, what, three years ago, I think, give or take, or two and a half, maybe. Yeah, like two, yeah, two and a half. Right in there. Yeah, about two mm -hmm. and a half years ago. And she was working as a with a vendor that Everfi, my current company, um, was interested in working with. And so we connected then and over something completely different. Um, just work related and then really enjoyed kind of getting to know one another and talking and figuring out that we both kind of cared and similarly cared about what we do and being excellent at what we do. And so we had some conversations about that. And as a result, we ended up staying in touch, um, which has been really cool. And, and I've really appreciated you being open to staying in touch. And so I figured I would bring her on because she has a little bit of a different story um, in terms of how she's navigated her career and how she's changed what she's doing. So I figure what we'll do is we'll start with kind of you giving a background of, you know, where you started and then how you ended up um, in DC and then where you're yeah. at now. And then obviously we'll dive into all the fun stuff. Sure. So I ended up in DC because I actually knew that I wanted to go to college there. So I looked at a lot of different schools around DC. I looked at GW, uh, Georgetown, George Mason, um, American, and I kind of toured that area. And I fell in love with GW, um, which is George Washington. Um, it was right downtown. It was in the middle of the city. And it's almost, it's not a traditional college campus. It's, you know, you can tell when you're on the campus or off the campus, but it is in the city still, you know, you are in the population of the work crowds and um, it, it was just a very different college experience. You know, there was no dining hall, no football team, no tailgates, none of that. Um, but for some reason, it just really appealed to me. Um, I think I wanted that hustle and I wanted that, um, energy around me of the city. And so that seems like a perfect fit for me at the time. So that's really how I ended up in DC. Um, and just the, the job. Yeah. Why did you jump? Why did you or why did you specifically pick like this area? You said I knew I wanted to go to school in DC. What was driving that? Yeah. So at the time I was in North Carolina, um, my parents. So I guess the background, I grew up in Rhode Island. And then we moved when I was in eighth grade or ninth grade, like going into high school uh, to North Carolina, which was a huge, huge culture shock for me. Um, very, very different than New England, um, New England people and then moving to the South. I was freaked out by how nice people were. I thought it was weird. Uh, you know, people <laughs> would come up and talk to me and 
I, I was just a little off put by that. Okay. So, I mean, obviously the more I lived there, the more I got used to it and learned to appreciate that. Um, but geographically, DC in the mid-Atlantic just seems kind of a perfect fit for me because it had a little bit of New England and the North and a little bit of the South. Um, you know, it's not as cold as New England. It's, it's not as, the people are not as abrupt. <laughs> um, and then it's not, you know, it's not the deep South. So geographically, it just seems kind of like a perfect fit for me. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Sorry. Yeah. Back to your story. I was just curious. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a good question. Um, so I ended up um, graduating a semester early. So I did college in three and a half years. And just the job market um, was, you know, it's, it's a great job market to be in. And one of the things I really appreciated about GW um, and the college there is the opportunity to um, have internships <clears throat> with great companies and, you know, a block or two off campus. So that was really a motivating factor for me to go there and um, really helped me get a job post-college because it was, you know, a block off campus. Um, so I ended up getting a job with a GW alumni and he was one of the top leasing brokers in commercial real estate um, at the time. And I ended up uh, getting a job with him. So I was probably two blocks off campus, um, never really got a full senior year of college, but I was still, living with all of my college roommates at the time. So me being in a full-time, very intense job, living with college roommates who are trying to enjoy their spring semester of college, <laughs> it was really challenging for me. Um, you know, I never, never got a spring break or any of that. So definitely, you know, I made a choice that whether I regret it or not. Um, <laughs> but I think I got a lot of great experience out of that. Um, really, really great opportunities that I wouldn't have been able to get elsewhere. So that's kind of why I stayed in DC. Um, and I guess I'll talk a little bit of my experience there. Um, so I was a broker on the landlord side and we did commercial real estate. So we would lease office space to um, businesses that needed space basically. And I was on the third party brokerage side, which meant um, you are not exclusive to that office space. So you have to basically win the business. And then once you have the business, you have to compete with everyone else to lease out that space to a business in layman's terms. Hopefully I'm describing that in a way that makes sense. Um, and one of the reasons, you know, I knew I always wanted to go into commercial real estate, but I think I wanted to be more on the landlord side. So my company that I was with at the time ended up going public. And traditionally, a broker on the third party side, you are a 1099 contractor. So you are having 100% commission, you're not on salary. And me being out of college for one year um I really couldn't do that um so that is kind of where I ended up going back down to the beginning of my career and the way I like to describe my career is it's not a straight line up 
although I would have liked it to have been a straight lineup, I had a lot of peaks and valleys. Um, but it, it was a great learning, um, I guess, a great way to understand life at an early age. <laughs> okay, that's um, good. That's yeah, good sign. <laughs> so, so that's, yeah, that's why I left after a year um, is because I was kind of forced to go on commission and I was unemployed for a period of time. And that was probably one of the hardest moments in my career, in my life. Um, and one of the things that I really had to learn was to disassociate who I am as a person from my job and kind of the way I was brought up and the way that I was bred and just how I was always motivated. I always, you know, I always thought I am my job and that's how I always you know, thought of myself. Which, and I really to jump had, in is yeah. I, I know you as like a crazy grinder. Like you're probably the most yeah. grindy person I know so far. <laughs> so that's interesting that and I know you after you went through this epiphany. So yeah. it must have been quite the epiphany. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um and yeah, that was really, really difficult for me to basically learn and say, okay, you know, this situation has really grounded me. Um, you know, I know I'm a good person and that doesn't mean that just because, you know, I've, I've had some bad luck or I'm unemployed, that doesn't mean that I'm, you know, a bad person. It just means I'm, I'm in this situation and I need to get out of it. Yep. So I basically kind of took the first thing that came along, which happened to be another sales job. And that's how I ended up um, at a vendor that basically they supplied software and office equipment. So, you know, again, not my first choice, but I, you know, take certain things from the experience and I was able to learn certain skills. I learned what I didn't like and I learned, you know, what kind of environment I do want to be in. Um, so at this position, I was basically straight cold calling in person and over the phone, which is actually how I met Britain. <laughs> <laughs> <True. laughs> uh, yeah, I, um, I cold called his office Everfi in Georgetown. And luckily, at the time, you didn't have any um, security in your building. <laughs> True. <laughs> so that's that's how I um, I got to meet Britain, and I was successful in that deal. <laughs> True. True. And so we're still with the company, even though she left. So yeah, she didn't, she didn't just sucker me. It was actually a good company. <laughs> yeah. So, um, like I said definitely not all a bad experience. It was good and bad. You know, I learned that I had to grind every day. I had to cold call um, and do it strategically. So definitely took some tip from, tips from that. Um, and then I guess where I ended up now is they had closed the Washington DC office because there just wasn't that large of a market. Um, the company that I was with kind of 
they were up more in Philly and then down in Richmond, and they did a lot of the suburban areas. Um, they didn't really have a big presence in downtown Washington, D.C., um, and if you don't have a big presence in the downtown DC market, it's a lot harder to break into, um, than current markets that you're already in, like Springfield or some of the outside areas. Um, so because of that, they did close the DC office and, um, I was laid off there. So again, a difficult situation, um, really, really difficult for me, but you know, Although it wasn't easy, I learned that, again, I can take this experience, take good things from it, and learn and take my job search up to the next level. Um, but everything ended up falling into place, luckily. I ended up finding a position that would have been my dream position straight out of college. Um, so I am now on the leasing team of a landlord broker developer. So the developer that I'm with now owns a lot of properties uh, across the nation. And I am on the leasing team. And I kind of help uh, support our team with retail, office space, um, in the rest market, DC market, and suburban Virginia market. Um, so I really have my hand in every pot in that sense. Um, and I, you know, I'm really happy where I am. Um, the culture is great. Uh, the team I work with is great. Um, and I am on the landlord side. So we actually own the assets that we lease out to people. So I'm not, you know, in a dog eat dog world where you have to fight for the business and then lease out we already own the assets and we are leasing that out so that's kind of the difference between the first position i had versus now um so i guess moral of the story is to um learn from the hard times and learn from the bad experiences as well as the good experiences and yes that's a good moral uh, <laughs> And, and for, for those listening at the same time, like I, obviously I know the, the, the firm that you work with and they're not just a firm. They're like one of the best, um, super, super high quality firms in the area. So it's, it's very awesome. Um, <laughs> going back, I'm curious, going back to like the, the first time that you were having to deal with the job situation or lack mm -hmm. thereof, what was your mental process in pushing through that, right? And why was your solution to go get a sales job versus move back to, you know, somewhere else? Or like, what was kind of the, what were you leaning on personally and or mentally through that process? Yeah, well, it, I mean, it was not easy. And, you know, like I said, I think I was, when it first happened, I was super, super distraught. I got quite depressed. Um, just because I still have, I was still in that mindset of my job is everything. My job is who I am. You know, in DC, I don't know what it's like in other markets. The first thing people ask you when they meet you is, oh, what do you do? And, you know, I took that to be as who I am as a person. And I had to learn to disassociate myself with that. And I don't know if that's part of the culture of this region is, you know, your job is so important. And, you know, I think, to an extent, it defines you a little, but it doesn't define you as a person. And 
really getting that through my head was the hard part. Um, but I think going through that and once I finally was able to accept that, um, then I was able to kind of move forward and kind of go be open to the idea. And I think for me is I really wanted the reason I was so stuck for so long is because I really wanted a certain kind of job and I wouldn't really look at anything else. Um, and, you know, once I got past that hurdle, I was able to open myself up to, okay, I may take this job now, but I'm not going to be here forever. And that was kind of my mindset um, to get through it. So, and obviously also money <laughs> was a big factor. You know, I needed to take something. <laughs> yep. um, so that is one of the reasons why I took what I could get at the time um, or why I didn't wait longer for the perfect position. Um, you know, if I, if I could wait longer for the pr perfect position, I would, but it's a tricky balance. You, you also don't want to be out of the job market for too long. Otherwise people start questioning. So it is, it's a tricky balance to navigate. Um, obviously having been through that at a very early age, I'm almost grateful that I went through that, um, earlier rather than later, just because it made me so aware that I don't want to be in that situation again. And I don't want to be fully dependent on having to take something, you know, or financially in that situation. Um, so that's kind of my thought process. And I really had to overcome a lot of hurdles within me as a person about who I thought I was. Were you doing that processing, overcoming those hurdles, like, on your own or were you like reading things like were you talking to people like what was that like so i definitely reached out to friends and family um you know i was seeing a therapist for a little bit just because i was going through i would call it at this moment the hardest time in my life you know i think you need to really reach out to people for help when you need it um and it's just know that that time will end. You know, I thought, I thought my life was over. I thought, you know, I thought the worst of the worst. Um, but I think, you know, reaching out to people, friends, family, um, having the support there and, you know, actually the therapist put a really good spin on it for me and a really good perspective. Um, she said that, I think the reason you're upset right now is not because you lost your job, but because you don't know what you're going to do next. And that was true. You know, I, I think the fear of the unknown was really what scared me um, because I am such a planner at my core and I had to know, you know, what I was going to do. And that's, you know, graduating college early, I was like, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. <laughs> and once that plan was destroyed, basically, I thought my life was over and it was a huge, huge, I guess, life lesson and wake up call as to, you know, you're going to have peaks and valleys and life is not a straight curve or a straight one way line. You're going to have bad times and good times. So um, definitely reaching out to people for help, um, support and how to navigate 
things um, professionally and personally. Gotcha. No, I totally hear that. And I think on the one hand, like I really, I, when I pull out like exactly what you were saying relative to, or I really specifically saying relative to the element of understanding that you're going to get through it and that there's like the hills and the valleys, because I think under like accepting that and being okay with that, in my opinion, is like one of the biggest factors in being able to enjoy any component of life because, or any uh, time in life, because once you're okay with it, then you can relax a little bit, A. Mm -hmm. And B, I feel like it clears your mind to where you can look at the good things because you're never really like, you know, even in that like super dark time, right? Mm -hmm. Like you were still living in Washington, DC, right? Yeah. Compared yeah. to like, you know, and again, that's not to say that it's not hard and like really bad to work through, but like once you accept yeah. components of it, you're able to see some positive components like, and, and that's like, how you get through and then that's yeah. what then enables you to enjoy the good times you're like hey this is a good time i you know i can enjoy it and i know that like i'll be prepared mentally and emotionally even if it is still hard the next time something happens um yeah it so. really allowed me to learn to be grateful for what i have and and you know i'm grateful i had that experience so young because now every night i say five or 10 things that I'm grateful for before I go to bed. And that's like a routine now. Um, so, you know, good things do come out of it. <laughs> totally. The other thing that I that I identified with, um, as you were talking was the whole, not what your therapist identified, which was your issue is not like the current situation. Your issue is not knowing what you're going to do next. Cause that's how mm -hmm. I feel all the time and have mm -hmm. felt all the time, not in anywhere close to like the situation you were in. Um, but I, I think about that all the time. I'm always thinking about like, man, I don't know what I want to do next. Cause I'm the mm -hmm. kind of person that I want a thousand miles of runway at all times. Yeah. yeah. And that's what makes me happy. That's what gives me energy. And you know, that's why I started things like my YouTube or the podcast and writing yeah. and whatever else, you know, Instagram or whatever is like trying to give myself runway. Um, because mm -hmm. I don't always have runway in other areas of my life. And so it's, it's, and it's hard, I think for people that enjoy work, that want to work, that like being, you, you know, find fulfillment in mm -hmm. kind of their activity and what they're engaging in. And when that's missing, it's hard to find fulfillment. So mm -hmm. that's a really, really good and interesting and a very true thing that you identified. <laughs> Do you feel like you were strong before you went into that and it made you stronger or do you feel that going through that made you strong like just um, you know i mean mentally and obviously yeah. emotionally but yeah so i would say strong in different ways so before i went through that i was very nose to the grindstone you know if I work hard, I will succeed. I'll get this. I'll get this. Um, I guess strong in that capacity before it happened. And then after it happened, I think I grew to become a lot stronger because I was, you know, my world was rocked. I was not prepared for what I went through. Um, and I think that has allowed me to be more open-minded to my life. Um, 
you know, I think I always say, you know, you have a plan and God laughs at it because, you know, life may not always go according to as planned. And so I've learned to accept that. And, you know, you can control, you know, focus on what you can control and your goals and do the best you can at, you know, making the life that you want to create. And, you know, hopefully it works out, but it definitely made me stronger um, in that regard. Um, learning to accept certain things um, and learning to be more adaptable to situations, I would say, and open-minded. So I think it, it made me a lot stronger in that regard. Gotcha. Okay. I'm So when you were going through this journey of learning that, you know, work isn't it does not comprise all of that, which is Marissa. <laughs> what were some of the other things that kind of grew and, and or blossomed out of that realization? Like what are the things that did become or were, you know, maybe more accurately identified with Marissa? <laughs> yeah. So I guess who I am as a person, um, and I guess I never really discovered this until college, but, you know, I've always, loved, loved, loved health and fitness. Um, I always, I always say if I had to do it over again, maybe I would be a nutritionist or something. Um, but I would say back in, in 2018 was where I really found my love for Pilates, um, and kind of low impact exercises, um, and things like bar and all of that. And, during that time is when I really fell in love with um, doing those types of exercises and educating people and teaching people on the right form of exercises um, and how to eat healthy because I mean so many people just don't understand how to eat correctly or healthy um, or they do exercises that are harmful to their bodies so that's one of the things that I'm really become passionate about. Um, and just this year, I, I kind of started my own side hustle and brands. Um, it's Which called, we always love to hear about. Yeah, yeah. It's called Lean Green Club. Um, and basically, I'm going to talk about my um, story and my journey as um, a Pilates instructor. So I'm going to get certified. And I think it's a little bit of a gap in the marketplace because I wish I had a roadmap on, you know, how to get certified and the best programs out there. So I think, you know, what I'm going to do is kind of talk about that and, you know, blog about that. And then, you know, ultimately once I am certified, which will probably take about a year, um, kind of, you know, teach my own classes online um, on the reformer and Matt Pilates as well. Um, so that's definitely something that I've grown to love and evolve and kind of create my own little company as. <laughs> <laughs> what, when you've been tackling that process and obviously people that are starting businesses or have started businesses, what I, one of the things that I've been trying to wrestle with is there's the execution, operational organization side, which is like what I enjoy doing. And then there's mm -hmm. like the creative element side um, to the branding and the character and the personality and all that kind of stuff, the things that people actually care about and identify with. <laughs> uh, what has that been like for, for, for you? So 
I would say I'm probably more, um, I want to do the creative side a little bit more. <laughs> um, so, you know, I have, I have a plan for what I want to do. Um, but it's a loose plan, which I guess is more the operational side. Um, but on the creative side, it's a huge learning process. Um, you know, I know nothing about creating a website or creating, um, photography or content or any of that. Um, and it's a huge, 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 um, learning thing for me. You know, I've had to take classes on how to create a domain, how to buy a domain, how to keep it for five years. Um, and I, you know, I made a, a website, I have a domain, um, it hasn't officially launched yet. Um, one of my friends is a graphic designer. So I reached out to her and she created my logo for me. So that's nice. been great. Um, but I would say, I mean, it's, it's a huge, huge, huge learning curve. Um, and you know, I'm still not even barely in the beginning stages. So, um, I'm reaching out to anyone I can to learn skills. I'm reaching out to one of my friends, um, and she's into photography. So I'm learning that I'm reaching out to my friend who's a graphic designer, um, for her to teach me how to create the website. Um, I'm reaching out to, you know, certain people on how to create a good Instagram feed for that. Um, but that overall has been a huge, huge learning curve for me and I'm still not there. Um, but I would say in terms of getting certified for Pilates, um, that's been kind of, I guess, the easier part of things, um, just because it's, it's all right there. And I, I have what I need to do. Um, so once I, I get through all of that, that's when I think I can, you know, actually start creating content that people can consume and purchase and whatever. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. No, I was just curious. It's like the bit, one of the big things that I have to think about, cause I lean so far to the one side of it, but I, like my gut knows what it wants, I guess on the creative side. And so, mm -hmm. you know, we'll have conversations about like chosen or whatever. And I'll be like, ah, it doesn't feel right. I feel like I want it to do this, this, and this, but I have no idea how to turn that into an actual thing. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's, it is, it's a bit of a, um, like a mindset of where you have to push past that. And that's really been a struggle for me as well. You know, I have been sitting on this since 2018 and I thought, you know, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this. And then I think, no, I wouldn't be good enough. Um, and I think the biggest hurdle that I've had to overcome is it's going to suck in the beginning. Your content is going to look bad, but you just have to get over that and start doing. And so that's been a huge, I guess, moment of growth for me as well is to, to understand that you won't know what you're doing in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, no, but I love that. And I think, I think that is super, super important, um, is like, and it, it goes, honestly, in my opinion, it kind of ties into what we were talking about towards the beginning when we were talking about what your therapist identified in terms of, you know, you need like a long-term, you need to know where you're going. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, if you want to get to a place where you're teaching bar or in my case, you know, doing something with chosen or whatever it is with the podcast, mm -hmm. like podcast is probably your and or YouTube or whatever is like the easy example, right? If I want mm -hmm. to have 
something that exists substantively five years from now, then I have to start it today. Because if I start it in two and a half years, unless I'm like some celebrity, which I I won't be right. Like, (laughs) unless I'm some celebrity, there's no way for there to be any organic traction around it. And so like, you have to start at the beginning. Yeah. And and so like that's just like so so important to understand now it's still good to have an idea of your direction what you want it to look like how you Mm -hmm. want that to you know process um and have like targets that you're shooting for for yourself and and the business but starting is just super important and the thing is is like one of the cool things about our environment you know small business environment here in the us and i'm sure other places but obviously I know about the U S more, um, is, you know, people buy into kind of that natural appeal of maybe not necessarily, it used to be like the perfect aesthetic, the perfect picture. Yeah. And now it's like, no, we want to like, we want to actually know and care about the personality of the person behind it. We want the nitty gritty and we want to be exposed to that because we want to relate to what we're doing emotionally and personally, and we don't just want to be wowed by it. So, um, so I think that there's, there's real value there and like being okay with it, not being perfect. I mean, that's how I feel about the podcast and stuff. It's like, like oh, I want like a better camera. I want like different graphics. I want all kinds of stuff. And like, yeah. you know, I spent hours researching and pretending to try and edit stuff or whatever. But <laughs> in the day, if I'm not just doing something, then literally nothing is happening. So. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, that's been so hard for me to overcome is to, you know, I guess it's a bit of, perfectionism I have this all or nothing mentality and that's been so hard to push against because it's a part of me you know I always think if I if it's not perfect I don't even want to get started what's the point but I that is it's so wrong and that's such a bad mindset to have and I have to push against that (laughs) I related to every word uh there (laughs) because yeah it's like I want it done right why would I want to do it not right yeah (laughs) um so good. So what do you do with your, I wanted to ask about kind of like your routines and stuff, mostly because you mentioned you're giving thanks uh, yeah, for, for different blessings or things that you're grateful for. Like what other things do you do that are part of like your personal routine? Like obviously there's kind of like, here's my schedule, but like what are the, the you know, the personal components to like your routine, like, you know, like that? Yeah. So Uh, This week, actually, we started going back into the office, um, which, you know, I mixed feelings about. um, But that obviously has altered um, my schedule because I have to, um, you know, take the time to commute. And, you know, I can't, I don't have the time to do things that I would normally do at home. Um, But I would say we normally get up... um, like at the same time, just to create a schedule, because when you're working from home, you want to, you know, make sure that you're not losing your schedule whenever you do go back into the office, um, which is starting now. Um, But, you know, I always, I like to get up and go for a walk outside. Um, It's, it's definitely a little bit colder this week so I may have skipped that a few times this week um but you know when it's warmer I normally like to go for a walk um and you know I used to have the mindset of oh I need to get my run in um but I I think I've I've I'm learning to push against that because 
if I have this, you know, huge mountain in front of me of getting up and going for a run, I'll not want to do it and I'll skip it more. But if I have the mindset of, oh, I just, I just want to go for a walk. I just want to, you know, bring my coffee with me. I bring my coffee with me all the time. It's almost like a meditation in the morning for me because it's good to get sunlight in the morning. Um, and it, it makes me think about the day. It makes me think about what I have to do. Um, so that's been kind of cathartic for me in the mornings. I like to do that. Um, and then I'll, I'll come in and start my day and start my work, um, or whatever, whatever I need to do that day. Um, and then, yeah, at night before bed, um, before I fall asleep, I always, that's just one of the things that I've learned to do. And I, when I've learned to be grateful for what I have, um, just because I feel this is probably a little cheesy, but I feel <laughs> like the, the law of attraction is is so important and just obviously if you wish something immediately it's not going to come but I just I like to put that vibe out there that I'm grateful for what I have um you know and just really feel those feelings of gratitude and so it's a little cheesy but that's that's what I like to do at night gotcha well it, yeah I mean I don't know that it I don't I don't think of it as cheesy. I think it can be presented in like a cheesy way. Maybe sometimes the way that, that I think about it is you are, you know, people often people way to, you know, castrate everybody, but there, there, there can be thoughts that are put out there, right. Which is, I don't have influence or choice relative to how I'm feeling or what I'm thinking or how I think. And like, that's not true. Like, it's just mm -hmm. not true. And it's such a limiting factor to, growing, maturing and, uh, and enjoying, you know, life. And so that's where like the category that I put in it, it's, it's influencing, you know, your emotions, it's influencing your thought patterns and, you know, how you think. And like, that's like, that's an actual thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it definitely is having a, I don't know, scientific effect, um, for sure. I'm curious, do you do the same five to 10 things sometimes, or is it, do you have to pick something different? Like what do you so do? There? I, that's, that's one of the things that is what makes it challenging is I have to think of five things that happened that day that I'm grateful for. And then on top of that, I'll always do like the same, you know, five to 10 things because I, you know, like to think about things that I'm happy and grateful for. Um, but that is, that's what makes it interesting is you think about five to 10 things that happened that day. And it could be as simple as I have working legs or I have working arms. You know, if you had the worst day ever, you can still say I ate today, or you can still say, you know, I have an arm because there are people that don't, you know? So it's just, it's really, it shifted my mindset so much to, you know, make me grateful for the, the simple things and the little things. Um, so just little things like that. Um, also, I just remembered something I want to go back a little bit about to, um, I guess, motivation. Uh, recently, I created a vision board. And I think the, the biggest thing for me um, with like this business or side hustle that I've created um, is to look at it and see it every day. So I actually went on Canva, which is like a free um, 
digital marketing that you can create. It's kind of like free for Photoshop, free. but for the layman. Exactly. And I only say that yeah. because I use it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm not an expert in that either. And um, I created like a, a five-year timeline and I have it right here above my desk. And, you know, I can see, okay, these are my goals for this year, next year, 2023, 24, and 25. And it's just the next five years. Um, and I, I got it printed at FedEx in a poster form and I actually got a frame for it. And it, it looks pretty, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, it looks pretty good. Um, and I hung it up right above my desk where I work every day. Um, so I can look at that and see my goals right there. Um, so that's another thing that I've done um, this month to help me with motivation. That's awesome, that's awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm, I always know what I wanna do in 15 years. I can almost never figure out what I wanna do in three, so. <laughs> That's uh, that's pretty cool. I'm curious. I feel like that probably relates to one of the things you mentioned a little earlier, which is you don't want to be in a position um, that you've been in the past. And I don't. I assume you weren't just talking mentally or emotionally. I assume you were talking um, materially. What is what goes into your thinking and planning in relation to that goal? Yeah. So. I don't want to be buying in a tons of GameStop. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> um, yeah. So what I meant by that is I don't want to be in a position, I guess, financially of where I was unemployed and where I'm, you know, dependent on another person, company, whatever to survive paycheck to paycheck. So I think for me and for my why really is, you know, the life I want to create and I want to be self-reliant and self-sustainable, which is what I want to create with this side hustle. One, it's my passion and I love it. Um, two, I want to be in a position where I'm, you know, supporting myself and I'm sustainable and I'm, I don't want to ever have to be in that position that I was, where I was, you know, needing someone to support me, I was needing, you know, whether it's a company or a person, or I was just in that position. And I don't ever want to feel like that because it was the worst feeling ever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, it makes a ton of sense. And I totally, totally hear that. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it, it's also like a good, I, I think of it as, and, and hear that as like a good emotionally grounding reason mm -hmm. to be engaging in a business versus like kind of like an entrepreneurial mania, which is you know, <laughs> touted in American society. Um, yeah. So, uh, so I definitely hear that. When you are engaging with all these different thoughts and topics and plans and things like that, do you, are you reading books? Are you like, are you, do you engage content that way? Or like, what do you do to flesh out, you know, your perspective on things? So I'm really trying to get uh, into reading more. <laughs> and the way I've been doing that is through audiobook. Um, just because I can listen to it while I work and it's, it's a good multitasking thing to do. Um, I, I wouldn't say there's 
like one particular book that I have come across. I'm trying to think. Um, there, there is one. I, if you've seen Million Dollar Listing, um, LA, one of one of the girls. Um, what's her name? She's a broker on the show. If you watch it, and she came out with a book. Um, it's called Fear is Just a Four. Tracy Tudor. That's her name. It's called uh, Fear is a Four Letter Word. So I've started that, um, and that's really good. But a lot of my motivation is really internal and from my life experiences, to be honest. Um, so I'm, that is one of my goals is to start reading more. Um, and I'm doing that through Audible, but a, a lot of my motivation is just from my experiences. Why is that? A, why is reading more a goal? Um, just because I have not done it as much as I have liked in the past. Um, and you know, it is good to expand your horizon and see different perspectives. Um, just because you can learn so much from certain authors and certain, you know, people that have been successful and you can hear, um, hear what they say. So when I was in sales, I, um, I actually read, you've heard of Grant Cardone, um, which, you know, now he's in a world of trouble. I'm not the biggest fan of him, <laughs> um, but I did read his 10X book and, you know, I mean, there were, there was definitely some good content in there. Um, I don't know if I like him as a person, but <laughs> it's part of the, part of the world, in my opinion. It's like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, it had some of the same mindset of, you know, working from the ground up and having a good worth work ethic. Sure. Gotcha. Okay. What do you do for fun outside of work on your side hustle or work for your current real estate company? So, I mean, honestly, I would say Pilates is fun for me. <laughs> I almost limited that because I was like, she's gonna definitely yeah. gonna say this, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so okay, if I'm if I'm not saying Pilates, um, so I in the past in August, I moved from DC to Old Town Alexandria and just exploring Old Town Alexandria and the new neighborhood that I live in. Um you know, finding local restaurants and boutiques and um, just, I don't know, exploring, exploring my new city, I guess. Um, that's been really fun for me. And um, just meeting new people in this area. Um, so I guess I like to do that. And, you know, obviously with the pandemic, we've been watching a lot of Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any Who recommendations? <laughs> Um, so this one is on Amazon Prime, actually. It's not on Netflix. Um, but we found the funniest show. It's called Life in Pieces. And it's it's an old show. And I think it originally aired on CBS. And it is it is so funny. Okay. So that would be my my show, my quarantine show recommendation. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I haven't heard of it. I'll, uh, I'll check yeah. it out. <laughs> Hilarious. Nice. Okay, so one or two final questions. And these are just kind of, I was trying to think of how to like come up with like some like more random questions, like mm -hmm. uh, you know, more, much more famously, Tim Ferriss has like, what book do you gift people? And some of those things. So yeah. uh, I was trying to think like, I can come up with some good fun ones. So I was one question, question one is if you had 
two to three hours to do anything like, you know, money's no object, uh, opportunity is no object and time is no object. So you can go back in time um, and you have to go back. You can't go forward. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Yet Elon's working on it. Um, <laughs> but what would you do with those two to three hours? Would you like, if there's someone you would meet, if there's somewhere you would go, like what would those two to three hours look like? So might sound bad. I don't know if there was one person I would meet, but I would take those hours and I would go travel to like the most extremes. I would go to Iceland and then I would go to the Maldives and I would go to Fiji. That's one of the things I'm super passionate about as I love traveling and I love seeing the world um, and any opportunity um, to do that, I will take. So I think, you know, learning about different cultures is so interesting to me. I love that. You know, I love um, seeing how different parts of the world live. Um, and I want to go to the non-touristy places. That's, that's what I love. Um, when I studied abroad, one of my favorite cities, I think, was um, Budapest, Hungary, which, you know, I mean, it's a little mainstream, but it's not the first place you would think of. And that made me so interested in Eastern Europe. I really want to go to Bulgaria out of all places. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just so fascinated with different parts of the world. Um, so that's definitely what I would do. You know, I would, I would go skydiving in, I don't know, the Middle East. I would go snorkeling in the Maldives just traveling. That's something I would love, love, love to do. Um, and obviously during non-COVID times. <laughs> <laughs> so when you were talking about exploring whatever, do you read history? Do you study the history or you just enjoy kind of the culture of, of the time? To me, it's, it's more of the culture. I'm not the biggest history buff, um, <laughs> which, you know, might, not be the best you know I, I know and understand the basics history but history is not something that really fascinates me okay okay that's really fine that's bad I just had a, like a recommendation or two that I was like lined up with just in case so okay okay cool um awesome well I'm trying to think here oh where as we're wrapping up here where can people find you I know you mentioned uh, lean green club. It's, yeah. um, I know obviously I'll link all the stuff in the descriptions and whatnot, but it's leangreenclub.com and then yeah. lean green club underscore on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was checking out your content by the way, uh, and just real, real briefly. Um, yeah. and I was going to, I forgot to mention this when we were talking about it, but I was like, don't, don't shut yourself. Like you've actually been, you know, working on like the most recent <laughs> video, uh, on TikTok which <laughs> yeah. um, you were like pointing to different parts of the screen and yeah. text is showing up, which, you know, I don't know. How to it's do a that, learning so. experience, <laughs> but it was super cool. And it's like totally what I see other people doing. So, um, so I wanted to give you a shout out uh, on that. Cause well, I thanks. definitely thought it was, I was cool. I was like, Hey, that's, that's what I would want to see from someone who was trying to figure this out. So, um, yeah, no, it's definitely, well, thanks. definitely that's cool. good to hear. Hopefully it'll, it'll only go up. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> cool. Uh, any other thoughts? Any final 
I don't know. Any questions you want to ask me, I guess? You don't have to um, have any. It was just random. Um, what has, what have you been doing in quarantine that you are the most proud of? I guess, would it be starting this podcast? <laughs> or like, how have you used this time? Of. Well, there's been so much of it. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, in terms, I, I mean, I do feel like that's two, those are two different questions. So to answer the second one first, I kind of spent the first half, give or take, like I had a ton of time on my hands because like I'm a director of facilities and so I didn't have to be mm -hmm. in the office and like, yeah. I helped out a bunch of other teams and like had stuff, but I didn't have commuting. It's just like way less to do overall, yeah. not necessarily that there wasn't, there weren't things to work on or whatever, but, um, and so I ended up like taking a lot of time to like hang out on my balcony. It was like really nice weather this summer. So like I read a lot, um, and I, I got really into, I was already, I already enjoyed cigars and I got like really into it. Mm -hmm. And so like, I got like a really cool humidor and like was getting different things, doing research. And it's like, and then combining that with reading on the balcony. Yeah. Um, so like, that was like a weird time for me. Cause I was kind of like, again, I always want a thousand things to do. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to take this time and I'm going to actually enjoy it. And I really, really did. Like it was a very cool resetting for my mentality and for my spirit, I feel like. Mm -hmm. um, and then I've, I think in good ways, been able to carry that forward into like new momentum with all the different things I want to work on and whatever. As far as like what I'm the most proud of, that's, I, I don't know. That's a really <laughs> good question. I mean, it's been a really good feeling to be like, you know what, I'm going to start these four or five things and I'm going to do it and just starting to do it and keeping myself consistent. Um, so it's felt good. But while I've been doing that, other things that I want to do or I enjoy doing is been, have been kind of falling behind. And so like that kind of like that makes me feel like, oh, man, I'm, like, I'm <laughs> as good as I want it to be. So I feel like that's those are the things I've had the most positive feelings around is like, yeah, that was a good use of my time, a good thing that I'm enjoying. Um, and so I guess that's sort of my answer. Um, I'm also, you know what, the other thing I, I will bring this up. So this is, and this just came to mind, but with chosen candle, uh, which this is not to keep, not, this is not to keep plugging it or anything, but <laughs> in a few months ago, uh, like fallish of last year, I think, uh, the guy that I started it with said, Hey, I've got other things going on. I want to take a step back, um, from any involvement. And that was like a real, not rough, but like kind of like, I don't know, emotional pain. Mm -hmm. uh, because one of the things we've been working on is like I was putting the money and he was going to do a bunch of the work and then we we're going to start working with social media gal and stuff like that. And so like when he stepped outside, I was like, well, this is like a real moment. Do I like pick up the reins and do it myself? Um, completely. And then obviously working with Adriana, who like, if you ever want to talk with her, she's the guy, gal that does uh, chosen Insta and mm -hmm. she's super awesome. If you ever want to like have a conversation with her, um, you know, about Instagram and whatever, yeah. um, totally, totally happy to connect you. She's, she's yeah. amazing. Um, but that was like a real moment where I had to decide, yes, I want chosen candle to continue and yes, I'm going to be doing something with it. And that was like a kind of a, you know, a bit of a step of faith and like a bit of a commitment 
that I had to emotionally make because I'm not trying to become a candle maker, right? Right. <laughs> and um, but I did find that you know I enjoy the process of having to make the candles. I love working with my hands. Like it's one of the things I miss about being in the city is like, yeah, you can't go build a fence or chop down a tree or dig a hole, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, so like, that's like, that's probably what I'm the most proud of because it was like a good decision for me to make. And I feel like mm -hmm. making the alternative decision would have been like kind of cowardly in some ways. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that's much better answer. That's what I'm gonna go with which I forgot about. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love your mission though. I think it's, it's a, it's a really great mission. Um, still waiting for my candles. <laughs> I yes, ordered they, they, two of them. They're on the way. They're on the way. Okay. They're in the mail. Good. Yes. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being willing, willing to come on. Um, I, you know, obviously we've talked a few times, but I didn't like Know, know your whole story. And I guess it's one of the things yeah. that's kind of cool about the podcast that I've been enjoying, which I know is trepidatious for the people coming on is like, I don't <laughs> have like a preset of questions and I don't, yeah. we, we don't talk about like what we're going to go over or anything like that um, yeah. beforehand. And so, and my hope is that it be, you know, it's a genuine conversation versus like a, like, Hey, we feel like we have to follow this line of conversation yeah. that I came up with different when people's emotions and mentality can change even a few mm -hmm. days later. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, thank you for that. And it was, I definitely enjoyed and learning about it and thank you, uh, for being open about it. You know, it, it becomes one of the things that everyone's like, Oh, thank you so much for being so open about mental health and all this <laughs> kind of stuff. It's like, yes, that's a good thing. You know, it, it, there's a component of it that should be natural. And yeah. then there's a component of it that also should be about like moving forward and becoming stronger. And so like, I, I love that you kind of combine those. Yeah. And I guess my hope is that people will hear my story and I guess not feel alone and know that there is a future after the hard times. <laughs> yes. Yes. There definitely is. I've been through my own version of, of very, very uh, mentally and emotionally hard things, um, not necessarily related to work, but other things. And so I, I agree with you and can attest to that as well. So take heart, everyone. Um, don't, don't, don't forget like you're unique and you are awesome. It's like, that's a fact. It doesn't mean that everyone will always appreciate it or recognize it, but you can still understand that about yourself. So cool. All right. Well, thank you everybody. Thank you again, Marissa. And we will catch you next time. Thank you.